began our series, our study, on the gift and the gifts of the Spirit. And I encourage you, if you weren't here last week, to go back online. Uh, our notes are available on the app as well as the, the lesson. And you will, it'll give you great base and instruction. And I know we're all wired the same way. You just want to get right into the, the power, power gifts. Um, but these first two weeks are critical uh, for the framework to be able to understand the why of the what, the why of the gifts. Why would the God ordain for the Holy Spirit to give these to us? And next week, Lord willing, we're going to jump right in and talk about the gift of tongues. Uh, there's so much confusion about it simply because um, you take the ability to speak with tongues, which comes at spirit baptism, and the gift of tongues, which is for the corporate body, and if you don't know which category to put that in, there's all kind of frustration when it's very simple. There, there is no system of order in the sense of my devotional prayer. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh to God. But the gift of tongues is for the church. That's why there must be an interpreter. But next week, we're going to open up a can of worms and make everybody mad and frustrated because my granddaddy believes this and my auntie, God rest her soul, She's never been wrong, and she believes this. And I sure am not the sum of wisdom and knowledge, but we're going to open the Scriptures and see what it says. Here's, here's what it boils down to. When you as a believer said, all that you want and you spell out in your word for me to have, I want. And I don't want anything that's not of your word or anything that's outside of truth. And that's what's required of disciples. Last week we talked about the differences, and I'm only going to give you a couple of them, about the Holy Spirit being with you, like before we are saved, many of us uh, were born in a Christian family. We had the prayers of all of our family, and the Holy Spirit was working on us from the outside. And then there's the Holy Spirit in you at salvation, the witness and the earnest of the Spirit. And then there's the Holy Spirit upon you at the baptism of the Holy Spirit and uh, the immersion into God's uh, power and His Spirit. And the gifts, though, the power gifts, the nine gifts, it is your pastor's opinion that, that that's not all the manifestations of the Spirit, but those are the primaries. I don't think God is limited to nine things, but it's the nine that he gave us to be on the lookout for. And these gifts, the power gifts, uh, the nine are given to one of these gifts at least and or more are given to every man. According as the Spirit wills. And the gifts and the call of God are never removed. All right, so tonight, if you're with me in the outline, I want to uh, draw your quick attention to the gift. You know, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The gifts of the Spirit, the power gifts, you know, tongues, interpretation of tongues, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, miracle, faith, all of those. But they're gifts of Christ that are different than the gifts of the Spirit and the gift of God, but they all intertwine perfectly and seamlessly, sometimes overlapping, to bring God's plan into fruition. Just like the fruit of the Spirit is not the same thing as the gifts of the Spirit, but it's all working together. So turn in your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 4. It should be on the screen behind me if all things work tonight. 
if, if it's supposed to be the opposite of last time, it's going to be flawless tonight. Everything's going to work so good. All right. Is it showing up on the screen, Ephesians 4? Is it large enough? But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore, he saith, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now he that ascended, what is it but he that also descended into the lower parts of the earth... And he that descended is the same also that ascended up far above heavens that he might fill all things. Who are we talking about there? Christ the Lord. And he gave some. Who gave? Christ. Not God the Father, although they're working seamlessly. Not God the Spirit. Christ gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers. For the perfecting of the saints... For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. With spiritual gifts, the power gifts of the Holy Spirit, the person has the gift. With the gifts of Christ, the person is the gift. God does not... God doesn't teach a man how to pastor before he pastors. Um, you know, by the time you learn enough to get it right, you're too old. You don't have enough energy to do it kind of thing. I wish I'd have had the luxury of being a man of God before I had to be a man of God. But when the Lord knits us in, our, in his womb, this assignment, this, this gift of being an apostle or a prophet or an evangelist or a pastor or a teacher, you don't choose that. It's not given to the noble and the mighty per se. I'm sure they're included. It's just a matter of election. Uh, I, I tend to think that he chooses the base things of the world to confound the wise, the foolish things of the world. Said, well, I, I need a preacher in Macon. Uh, you know, about 1995. I'm looking for a fool. Who's somebody? He's just struggling. John, come here. You know, I think that's how he does it. So, uh, I didn't know how else to say this. I'm not trying to be funny, but um, I'm your gift. <laughs> I was the Lord was thinking about a church in Macon. Says, I'm gonna give you John. You're like. What did I do in this life or the one before? But you need to know that the gifts of the Spirit are more about the moment than the man. The gifts that Christ gave, that's why it's imperative. It's imperative that you are in a Bible-believing, Christ-centered church because that man that's leading that, he's either called or he's not, or he's called into a different Christ. Or he's called with a different message. If I do my job, you're never enamored with me. But you see Christ clearly. You hear his voice clearly. You know him profoundly. And you don't have to worry about some slick televangelist getting on the TV and diluting, uh, polluting your theology. You know better because you know his voice. 
You know him. So the job of the pastor is not to impress you or for you to be proud and say, you ought to come to our church and hear Pastor John. That, that's never part of it. It's that God puts us together. And I say this with all humility. It's, it's very hard for me to say this. There are places you are supposed to go and people you're supposed to be that you wouldn't be without me. How can you say because he sent me to you. I, I'm not, I'm not the, an end all. I'm a piece. I'm just a piece. And when Christ gives gifts to the church, it's not, because, it's not based on their flawlessness. It's based upon their fit. That's why it's imperative that you have the right person at the right place at the right time. So the spiritual gifts... The person has the gift. With ministry gifts, the person is the gift. Letter B. The person who is in ministry, who is a ministry gift, his life centers around it as a life work. The power gifts are just a brief, brilliant manifestation in your outline. Momentary work. While the fruit of the Spirit is a seasonal, cyclical work. This call, we say, placed upon our life to be an evangelist or a pastor or, or a teacher, this life work. And please, please feel as I get older, I have to give context. I'm not a martyr at any level. I'm just giving you an insight to this. Everything in my life is centered around what I'm doing right now. All the hours of study, the meditation, the laying in bed at night, I don't think about just random stuff. I'm always thinking about you and our church and the things of God and what's missing and what's not missing. So the gifts of the Spirit are powerful and brilliant for the moment. The ministry gifts are a life work. So spiritual gifts are a momentary work. And they are just as powerful and just as God-ordained as a pastor or an apostle or a prophet or a teacher. But they're for a moment. The ministry is a life work, and fruit is seasonal. Uh, the fruit of the Spirit, you know, sometimes you're in season and sometimes you're out of season. And if you don't know what that means, live long enough with the Lord and have a little fruitfulness and Him come in and prune you back to a stub, and there's no beauty, there's no nothing. You're going, well, what's happening? You, you pr you've pruned everything away. Well, you had a little bit of fruit, and now I've pruned you back to nothing, so in about eight months you'll have more fruit. Well, what am I supposed to do in the meantime? You're going to look like you've lost it all. You ain't got it all together. You're going to be pardon my progress. So the fruit of the Spirit is a seasonal work and a cyclical work. Do you follow me? The gifts of the Spirit are a momentary pulse, a, a power expression. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man with all, which means... Uh, that expression it's an underlying visible it's an underlying invisible quality of the holy spirit made visible in the moment through a believer whether it's a word of knowledge a word of wisdom a miracle uh, a burst of faith uh, a tongues interpretation of tongues a discernment of spirits it's it's a, it's a momentary articulation an expression of god through a flawed believer. But the expression is perfect. And that's where we get hung up. We think, we, well, if that vessel's not perfect, I'm not receiving it. Well, who are you going to hear from? 
Now, I agree. I, I'm, I'm slow to receive from someone who's crooked or, or living immoral. But just understand, the gift can be perfect without the vessel being perfect. Character is not a contingency of the gifts of the Spirit. Now, I know that's going to frustrate you, but it's not. If he can speak through a donkey, he can speak through flawed people. But the ministry gift, apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, character is critical to the work, the outworking of the plan of God in their life. Character and maturity are not a prerequisite to the spiritual gifts, but essential to the outworking of ministry gifts. Okay, I just wanted to give you that so that you would, you would see that God is always giving to us. God is giving to us through his son. He's given to us, uh, some of you through this room, if, if I could you know, have people stand and take the mic and you could tell me about previous pastors that your whole family was saved under. This one brought me into the fullness of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I'm just forever grateful. This one showed me uh, the, how to reverence God. And this one showed, see, that's the gift. Not him. That's the gift that's letting God know that all along the way, he's put people in your life that he has allowed to speak for them. And he anoints, endorses their words with a dynamic that they don't deserve, but that they need. When I teach, like what I'm doing on Sunday nights, I love this. I love teaching. It's different than preaching. Preaching, I'm trying to provoke you to good works. Now I'm trying to bring us to maturation, line upon line, precept upon precept. Okay, so on to the gifts of the Spirit. Hallelujah. And next week, if Jesus carries and allows, we're going to open up the gift of tongues. Let me go to 1 Corinthians 12. Y'all turn in your Bible. Got the screen on the biggest it can get and can't see my little cursor because it's blinking the same color as the computer. Don't you know these guys engineer this thing? I'm going to mess with them. I'm gonna. Why would you make the cursor the same color as the page? To mess with old people. That's got to be what it is. It's a conspiracy. Who would like to stand and read this? If you're on the front, turn around and face that way. And oh, listen, at any time during this, this one probably won't as much, but we've got mics down here if you have a question, especially when we get into the, the gifts themselves. But at any time, you can interrupt. It doesn't, but teaching, that's, it really helps the teachers when everybody stands there. Anybody got any questions? So I'm thinking I've either lost everybody or it was so good that there's nothing that can be added to it. No. Someone read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, verses 1 through 11 for me. All right, I'm going to call on somebody. My preacher buddy, Terry Theus, you're on. No, you don't? Terry said he's off. Who will read for me? Scott, will you turn, will you turn and read for me? You got it? Okay, Jay. He just slided. <laughs> now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. Lost your spot. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in 
the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Okay, hold on right, hold on right there. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one, every person. Well, I, I didn't know I had a gift of the Spirit. At least one. So by studying them, some of you are going to find out what yours is in the rearview mirror looking backwards. Others you find out in the operation of it. But you have, by course, the whole, been a, recept, a receiver of a supernatural gift separate from the earnest of the Spirit, separate from the opportunity to be baptized with the Spirit. It's a gift. It says, this will describe me and show me visible through you. Okay, Jason, thank you. One more verse. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who appoints or apportions to each one individually as he wills. Okay. Thank you, Jason. The Holy Spirit divides to every man as he wills. The manifestation of the Spirit is given, the Bible says, to every man. The gifts of the Holy Spirit allow the invisible Holy Spirit to be made visible in this realm through divine, unlearned expressions. You want to write that down, unlearned expressions. Um, a word of knowledge is not learned. It's revealed. It's not based upon any physical perception. It's unlearned. The gift of faith is not learned. Okay. Before we get to all these gifts, let me just give you a couple of examples about unlearned. Because this is, it's very important to get this foundation to fully understand the gifts. God has given to every Christian a measure of what? Every, every Christian has a measure of faith according to the gift of God. How can we increase our faith? Studying the word. Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the word. Not only general faith to understand the gospel, but our faith increases when we read how, how faithful God is, how perfect he is. We read of his track record. We read of prophecy. So our faith is increased. This is not that. The gift of faith would be all of a sudden God, through his spirit, infusing you with the ability to see that situation like God sees it with perfect assurance, based on no discernible reality. You see? So unlearned is critical. The gifts of the Spirit are not learned. I was called to be a pastor, and I've learned how to be a pastor. There's a process there, but there's no process with the gift of the Spirit. It is divine from start to finish, 
And the articulation of the gift is for the sole purpose of bringing the invisible God visible. It's a power gift. It's something that catches the attention of the unbeliever. It transcends the moment. It's greater than the man. It's greater than the moment. It's greater than the need. It's like, uh, why, 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 why would you do this, oh God? Here would be an example of miracles. I heard the story. Uh, I wasn't privy to all the background details, but of the woman who all of a sudden was very burdened for her daughter. Just out of the blue, those of you that mamas know, you can be, you can be burdened for your daughter when you see who she's dating. That's not gifts of the Spirit. That's just natural. You know, he comes home and wants to meet you. Hey, what's up? And you go, oh. This is different than that. She just has the burden all of a sudden, and she goes in her closet and throws her clothes out in the floor, and she lays before God and calls on the name of the Lord for her baby for, you know, whatever length of time, let's just say 20, 30 minutes, and the burden lifts. Oh, good, okay. Daughter comes home and kind of kicks the door open and goes, Mama, Mama, and she said, what happened to you at 9 o'clock? How did you know? I don't know anything. What happened to you? Long story short, she pulls into a little minute mark and a group of guys saw her go in and their intentions couldn't have been good for they, she'd left her car open and they opened her hood and took out her battery and walked over to her car when she got in it and put their hands in and, and she was like, you got, you need to leave this. No, we ain't going nowhere. What's your name? What's your name? You know, went through that whole thing and she got up, uh, well, locked the door and they're all laughing and they're shaking her car because they know she can't go anywhere and that little precious girl put her keys in the car starts up and she comes home now mama doesn't know the battery's missing the girl doesn't know daddy uh, uh, runs out to look at the car and uh, finds the battery missing and he's thinking that's impossible that can't that's a miracle that came through prayer. See, you have to be careful. They don't just fit always clearly. See, we love everything in its manila folder. Shut the folder, put it up. The gifts of the Spirit can be kind of like squeezing a handful of grapes and trying to figure out which grape did that drop come from. Sometimes it's clear cut. It's just by itself. But when you see a miracle, um, give you... One other one, just to draw, the, it's not learned, it's not an ability. Uh, during what I call the dark years of my life, I, I spent a good bit of time by myself uh, at the beach at Daytona, I'd just go and sit by myself hours at a time. And I would call Mama Sheila when I was really sleepy. I'm talking about one in the morning, two in the morning, you know, and just, I just need to talk to somebody. I just dumped a cup of cold water over my head. I got the windows open, slapping myself, trying to stay awake. And Y'all know that trip from 75, Daytona, what it, 75? They've been working on construction on 75 since I was 16. I'm 61. You get, I, serious, past Valdosta, what is it, I-10, 10, and then 295, and then 95. Okay, where is it, I-10, before you get to 295, there's a long, there's a bridge. St. John's Road, long bridge. So I've driven it 100 times. 
And I told Sheila, I said, Sheila, I can hardly keep my eyes open. Oh, God, just help him. I said, well, just pray for me because I, I can't keep my eyes open. And um, I, I have interstate zone outs every now and then where, you know, you're on 16 and it's exit, you know, whatever, 32, and then you blink and it's 41 and you go. This wasn't it. I missed the St. John's River. I wasn't asleep. I did not because I was driving on it. I've, I've done it a hundred times. I said, where, you know, what type of sorcery is this? Where is the St. John's River? John, what do you really think happened? I think just like he took Philip and translated him, that the devil was trying to kill me. And through the prayers of my sister for me and God's plan, he just picked me up and put me over the bridge. And I missed a pocket there. I can't prove that to you. But you, you, you don't know the details ahead. Uh, that's what the gifts look like. They're just, they're burst of divine insight, power, uh, something you don't know you need, something you do know you need. But after they happen, the person using the gift and the person receiving the gift understand that it's from God. That's the difference. That's the difference. Okay. Letter A. The gifts of the Spirit are in fact manifestations of the Spirit. Of the Spirit. And I've already told you, they, the gifts of the Holy Spirit allow the invisible God to be made visible in this realm through divine, unlearned expressions coming from the body and voice of born-again believers. Number two, our letter B. These gifts are intentional. So the Bible says the Holy Spirit gives to every man severally as he wills. Now this is something you really need to digest for them to fit in the theology that you have of the gifts of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is dividing gifts to you based on perfect knowledge. Knowing all things. So if, now we, we aren't limited to one. But if he were to say, I've got to give one gift to this person. He based it on perfect knowledge of your history, your heritage, uh, your mental faculties, your physical limitations, all those things. So know this, that the gift that you have is perfect for you in its operation. It, it, for him to say he divides every man severally as he wills, he doesn't do it like dealing cards. As for God, his way is perfect. And the gift he deposits is intentional. They are personal. He gave it to me so that I could utilize that gift to work alongside him. Watch this. He invited me to work alongside him, not just in obedience, but in the supernatural. He let me play with the power tools to be effective. Y'all heard me use the illustration. You know, I got Elisha, all the little, well, Daddy, I, I don't know how to fix anything, but I got a couple little drills and pairs of pliers and things like that. But Elisha come out with his plastic belt. You know, it's like the little boy comes out with his plastic belt and his plastic drill and all his plastic tools, and he and Daddy built a barn. 
That's what it's like for us using the gifts here. We come out with nothing but plastic toys, and God says, you want to try this one? You see, it's an impartation of divine substance. And in that moment, you get to play, not play, but you get to utilize the divine, the supernatural. They are powerful, powerful, sufficient. I was preaching um, one time, and when I share these gifts, you need to understand, and I won't keep giving context. My name is John. I am an average, simple, I'm like mashed potatoes. Nothing impressive here. You visit, you know, here, here you go. Just You laughed way too loud for that one. That could have just been, oh, Pastor John, we love you. And so, ah, ah. <laughs> anyway, I don't, I don't want to know who it was because then I'll, I'll judge him in my heart. But I was, uh, I was invited to preach. It's quite a compliment. I probably had pride in my heart. I was invited to preach a, ci- a citywide camp meeting in Savannah, Georgia. This was like 93, 94. And... The person that preached it before, the year before, was the superintendent. And I'm a nobody. And they asked me to preach it, and I was like, oh, Lord, you know, uh, just coming into my own, really just, you know, learning the craft of preaching. And I was preaching on, they shall call his name wonderful, which means miracle. Have you ever had to preach on something you had no ability to do? Think about it. How you're preaching about the faithfulness of God while you're going under. You preach about God being, you know, I'm preaching on uh, believing God for a family when I'm sterile. You see? So I'm going to, I'm preaching on miracles. That God is a God of the miraculous. They shall call his name wonderful, the mighty God, Prince of Peace. That word wonderful means miracle. And I can't do a miracle. And I said, guys, I know a lot of us have been raised in Pentecostal charismatic services, and it's just one young preacher's opinion. I think when God doesn't show up, we create kind of a quasi, jump around, have a spell, and say, that's the Lord. And I said, "Um, I just think if the Lord's in the room, you won't have to introduce him or point to him. And I said, if you need a miracle, Let's just ask God. And people came and lined the front, and I asked, what can I pray with you for? And I, I make sure in this house and when I travel, whenever I pray for someone in the altar, I minimize myself in that moment. I talk less. I talk softer. No theatrics, because I don't want their faith to rest in the, in the articulation or the... Or the uh, Ability of a man to speak or enticing words of man's wisdom, but I want their faith to rest in the power of God, in the name of God. This lady come up and she said, uh, my daughter, I want to get the years right, I think she was nine, was deaf from birth. So here you are doing your Sunday school lessons on, you know, won't he do it? God's a God of miracles. The miraculous. God, they'll call his name wonderful, miracle. And if you want prayer, yeah, my daughter's deaf. Now, the carnal. We'll jump on the Bronco. Let's go. Come on. John, 
God will do it. God can do it. Will he do it? What are you going to do? And I just bowed my head and I said, Lord, I can't help her. I can't help her. But you, oh Lord, the best I can remember is like, Lord, would you let the gifts of healing operate for this precious Lizette? I ain't got anything I can do for her. But Lord, like Lauren was saying today, believing for her husband, can you do it? My God, yes. And I don't know all of your will for her, but would you open her ears? And when I prayed that simple prayer, she turned, and I'm not making light of her. I want to just let you feel it like I felt it. You know, if someone's been predominantly deaf, they've not learned to speak. And she raised her voice. She, Mama, I can hear. I can hear. And when she said that, my first, it was one of the few, it's one of those times in your life, you know your heart's right in the moment, just like when you know your heart's not right. I hit the floor face down, and I was afraid to move. And I told the Lord, I don't want any of your glory. I don't want any of your glory, oh Lord. I fear you. I fear you. This wasn't about me. Lord, this wasn't about me. You articulated your essence and your individuality in that moment through me praying for her and the gifts. Was it a healing or was it a miracle? Yes. You see? Was it a gift of faith? No. The gift of faith would be the pronouncing of that healing and her come to be made well. But either way, she was healed. And the mom took over. She made her daughter walk a certain amount of steps, and she called her out. And she would tell her, right side, and she'd touch this ear, left side. And so she couldn't read her lips. And it was the most powerful. Where do you go from there? So then, I, you know, I go to pray for other people. And the rest of the evening was really quite a blur. So then I come home. A couple months later, I'm preaching at Evangel Assembly of God on, on Edna Place. And I go to pray for people. And this lady comes down and she's deaf. And I'm, you're going to know, you're going to know to pray for me more and more. I'm thinking, I haven't heard this. Well, there's a part of you like, yes, Lord, but this was like, okay. Like my odds were better. So see, by showing you my humanity, you're going to say, Lord, I can do this. If John can do this as messed up as he was, you know. And so I said, well, let's just pray. And I told her the story of the other. I don't know if that was to build her confidence or mine. I don't know. I still prayed a very meek, simple prayer. Nothing. Nothing. Can you hear? No. Sure. Yeah. So how does that play out in our lives? Watch. My reputation does not matter. It's that I look for, I expect, and I act on the gifts that I feel stirring. There was no gift, so I just prayed for her. Sometimes prayers are answered immediately, sometimes they aren't. But gifts of the Spirit, God uses your vocal cords for the vocal gifts, your members for the physical gifts, but He can do it without you. He lets you help build the bond.
Does that make sense? And they are not only powerful, they are sufficient. These gifts are sufficient. In that moment, I've told, I know I've told these stories. You know, I've been at one place 29 years. You, you should have heard all my stories. You've been here 29 years at one place. But this one was a game changer for me. Dr. Mark Rutland uh, shared this. I believe he shared it when he was here last. we got to get him to come back. I just love his ministry. He said he was preaching. At, I don't remember if it was a conference or a Sunday morning service, uh, but there were people lined up in the altar, and he just heard the voice of the Lord, not audibly, but with your spirit, man. It wasn't audible. He said, her name is Gina. A word of knowledge. So, an unknown fact taken from the full knowledge, the perfect knowledge of God, the accurate knowledge of God, placed in a man that cannot look and perceive that her name is Gina and says, tell her her name is Gina. He comes off, he's about to go off the stage and said, and take her some flowers. Now, see, that's where we lose all our non-Pentecostal friends. I just don't want none of that weirdness. Now, can I just, can I just go ahead and line myself up and, and, and get in your vehicle and ride with you? That's how I'm wired. I don't like any foolishness. I don't like silliness. Don't add anything to the scripture. But that's missing in our lives, that dynamic of where in a moment I might hear what other people don't hear so I can do what other people can't do for the glory of God in the moment. And I, I don't mind being silly if it's him. So Mark reaches down. So, you know, someone contributed to the memory of, and he's just plucking flowers out of the thing on the front. You know they had three people called the pastor. He just pulled them out, you know. You, if you're a pastor, y'all don't pastor, you don't know that, that call you. About I saw just disgrace. There's no respect for the flower. And somebody was healed. Anyway, uh, so he, he takes a couple flowers and he walks down and he says, and I'm just giving you cliff notes. He said, uh, uh, can I talk to you just a minute? She said, sure. He's going to pray for you. I know this is going, he has his mic off. He said, I know this is going to sound silly to you. I, but while I was standing there, I just felt I heard the Lord say, her name is Gina, and I'm supposed to give you these flowers. She just freezes, and this deep, guttural sob starts to come over her, and she just wept before the Lord, like kind of quasi-limp, you know, just, I don't know if he sat her in chair. I don't remember that part. Well, the end of the story was this. When she composed herself, she told Dr. Mark, she said, uh, I'm staying at the so-and-so hotel, and I knew of your ministry. And I told the Lord last night, I said, I don't even, I don't even think you know my name anymore. And I want you to know that I'm going to go to your house tomorrow. I'm going to worship you, and I'm going to take my life. She had a gun in her purse, and she said, the last thing I told the Lord is it's my birthday, and you don't even know my name. And then you come over and said, tell her her name is Gina. Now watch. Don't get me started on this. What am I going to preach from a pulpit to rescue that girl that has the power to instantaneously change everything in a moment? 
a word of knowledge that lets her know God ain't forgot you, God ain't lost you, God's current with you, and happy birthday. And she told him, she goes, I'm, he goes, do we need to set up camp? She goes, mm, I'm good. He knows. She's good. And this was not some, you know, you know, immediately something where she's flaky. No, she was desperate. When you take a believer that feels like she doesn't even have God anymore and the devil had deceived her, God don't know your name, and he takes a stranger that's never met you and calls you by name, that's what, we need expressions like that in the local church, in our lives. Some of us used to have moms and grandparents that you, you just didn't act unholy around them. You scared of them. Because you, you come home and lie. I've been to someone's house. No, you weren't. I saw you in the spirit. And you're like, oh, Lord. anybody got one person in their life like that? You, you tiptoe around them. I walked into Shoney's one night. This is before I surrendered my life to the Lord. I was born again as a little boy. But uh, uh, I surrendered to the Lord at 24. So I'm like 22 or so. And, you know, me and my girlfriend got come into a little money. I'm going to take it to Shoney's because that's how I roll. It was Shoney's on Eisenhower. But, hey, back in the day, man, Shoney's and the salad bar and the strawberry pie and everything. Before they sold out and changed all the recipes and stopped washing things. It was a good place to go. But, so I walk in. I got my girl on my arm. I'm living like hell. Alcohol still working through my system. You know, just party boy. And I walk in. How many? I said, give me two. Yeah. So I'm walking in, and I walk past this lady. She just looked like an old, I'm not being funny, a withered, just a weathered lady sitting by herself. I just walked by her. She goes, your name's John Wood. I'm like, well, who in the round world are you? My first, I wasn't thinking Jesus or Holy Spirit gifts. I was like, yes, ma'am. She goes, are you still running from God? I said, you know, I'm thinking, I need to take you to a nicer restaurant. <laughs> yeah. I, I said, uh, let's go. We started walking out the car. My girlfriend said, who was that? I said, I don't know. She goes, oh, yes, you do. I said, oh, no, I don't. I don't know who she was. But listen, what I didn't tell my girlfriend is after we got home, I was raised in a home where God spoke to people. God and people. She might have been, according to the world's standard, ignorant and irrelevant, but she had a power gift that sobered me up in a moment that let me know that God knew who I was and that I was running. I didn't sleep good. I slept with one eye open for a long time. Scared to go in restaurants. We can just eat in, baby. This is before DoorDash. You just dash back to your house after the drive-thru. What if, what if we were just as passionate about operating in the spiritual realm as we are about being educated in the natural realm? Study to show yourself approved, a workman, worthy, who needs not to be ashamed. The spiritual gifts don't, don't diminish that need. 
I need to know the word for myself. I need to know what it says, where it's found, how it's applied, how it's connected to the Old Testament, how to relate it to an unbeliever, how to relate it to a new believer. I need study, study, study to show yourself approved. But in that moment, Gina needed to know that God knew her name. It, it, this, this life in the spirit, our churches are anemic. We're, we're not partying anymore, hopefully. We're not sleeping around, but there's no... The only life is fruit. And fruit is essential. But it's not exclusive. Just like if all there was was gifts of the Spirit and there's no fruit. If God saw the need for fruit, shouldn't we be fruitful? And if God sees the need for giftedness, giftings, shouldn't we operate in those giftings? And you you got to work out for you, what, what's the reason that you're not operating. Is it unbelief? You got to work that out. Like, Lord, show if you show me, Lord, I'll operate in it. And it makes you vulnerable. I have missed it big time and I have hit it big time. But when you realize and you go ahead and say, Lord, it's not about my reputation. I can always come back and say I missed it. But if I don't, see if I miss it, I suffer embarrassment. If I don't operate in it, they suffer loss. How can you say that, Brother John? Because the Holy Spirit gives gifts to profit with all, to profit others in the body. We just read it in our opening verses, to, to profit the body of Christ. That's why it's important for us to be here on Sundays when we're here. Slow to get out of here, looking for the person. Is there anybody on your way to work? Use me today, Lord. Let me, whether I'm greeting someone, giving them significance, where I'm helping someone to and from a car, where I see somebody that looks sad, say, look, I, I know you don't know me. I'm not being intrusive. Can, can I pray for you today? What, people aren't going to react like you think. Most of them will say, please, please. And, and just let the, the Lord, I don't know what she needs, but you do. And then all of a sudden, something will come out of your mouth that you didn't know that God did. And all of a sudden, they go from listening to sobbing. And you didn't even know it, but you had covered their area. You might have had a word of knowledge and prayer and didn't even know you were operating in it. But this much I'll tell you. If fruit is essential, then we should earnestly desire to be fruitful Christians. If ministry gifts are essential, then we should make ourselves available to apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, or those with apostolic leanings, you can even say. And if the gifts are to profit the church, maybe that's why we have less profit in the church because they're not operating. The Holy Spirit divides to every man severally as he wills based on perfect knowledge for the profit of all. These gifts are sufficient and they are divine. Now, you'll hear Paul say, stir up the gift of God that was laid, uh, that came upon you, Timothy, by my laying on of hands. Let me clarify that for you. God does things through the laying on of hands. People are baptized in the Holy Spirit by the laying on of hands. Sometimes it just falls upon them. Other times they're asking. Everyone that asketh receiveth. Uh, but the whether it's the laying on of hands 
are not of the person. Don't be confused and think it had as much to do with Paul as it did the Holy Spirit operating through Paul. Let me give you an example. So somebody gets healed and, and you know, I, I got the gift of healing. Well, first of all, the scripture says gifts of healing. It don't say gift of healing. Gift of healing implying that you can turn it on and off whenever you want to. And if that's the case, why don't you go empty the hospital out? Right? So the gifts of the Spirit are more about the moment than the man. And we don't just say, I have the gift. But you can say, I have found that the Lord has operated in the past. Now, I'm going to make myself vulnerable here and tell you this. I don't know exactly how it fits, but I know it's divine because I've lived a long time. And I look over my shoulder, and it's almost like uh, tongue-in-cheek where the Lord gets the most glory out of the weakest things. There's a part of me as a man, it's embarrassing that I'm sterile. I'm being as vulnerable with you. So you, you get married and you can't have kids, and you go get your little test. You know, when the wife says, let's just go get tested. You go, can you emasculate me anymore? And that's what you want to know, so you go get tested and... I'm not trying to be too graphic. I know we got some kids here, but they put, you know, the seed under the microscope, and you're supposed to have what several hundred thousand in a sample. Okay, I got none. And I told the doctor. He said, "Well, you you don't have sufficient. You know, they'll call them swimmers and different things like this." And I said, "So mine aren't any good." He goes, "You don't have any." I remember out loud. I said, "I got some." <laughs> he said, "No, you ain't got none." Now, you may just laugh and chuckle, but if this was you, say, John, what's the most common miracle you've ever seen in your life? And I've seen it probably 10 or 12 times in my life. Is that I can take the hand of someone who can't have babies, and they have babies. I don't understand that. But <clears throat> I've learned now that when I go preach at a conference or you know, Tammy Toast asked me to pray for her right over there, and she got two twin boys, like 6'11 or something, big old men. They were just little boys that couldn't have kids. And when people say, and we just, you know, uh, just would you pray for us to have kids? I start to smile. I go, would, would I? Now, do I have the gift? No, but I got a track record of the divine working. And what I tell them, I tell them what's happened in the past. I say, now listen, ain't no magic in this hand, and there's no magic in my words but i have seen him operate with this gift and miraculously open tubes that were closed and put seed where there was no seed now i don't understand all that but if god wants you to have a baby i'm a, i'm a, let's pray for them and they have it and so i go back home and go so, so i can't have a baby i can't kelly and i can't have it but i can pray for them and they have one i said that just beats all i've ever seen that done so I go to uh, preach somewhere. This was a year or two ago. And, oh, he, I go to preach somewhere. It's here. Yeah, I was preaching here. <laughs> Christ Chapel. Yeah. And a couple walks in, and they just stood there. You know, some people, because they remember you, because you don't have to remember a lot of us. There's like three or four preachers you know. I can remember a bunch of y'all. And if I, if I forget, then they feel like you, you know, didn't give them significance. I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember where the remote is. I don't remember we got a cat. I don't know its name. 
to this day, I can't tell you if it's Leo, Theo, or Cleo. I do not know the cat. What's the cat's name? Leo. That's his cat's name. I don't know. So give me a break. So this couple comes in to the church. And, uh, you know, see, there's a method to my madness, and some of the preachers know. I'm letting you see that gifts can operate among average people. Mundane preachers. Everyone has a gift. So they come and stand by me, man and woman, and a little baby about this long. You know, they're holding his feet hanging down here. And I says, hi. They go, hey. I just, you know, usually I can, but it, they initiated it with a hi, and it kind of threw me off. And I'm like, well, I, I hope today was encouraging to you. Hmm? Kelly. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking, you know. See, I know, I know which side my bread's butter on. See, y'all like me, but you love her. And I get Kelly over there. She's like, hey, da, da, da. and she starts bobbling her head, and I just kind of tip off. I just kind of, you know. And then they'll leave. That's the greatest church. They're so nice. The preacher's a little awkward, but they're real nice. And they just stood there by myself, and they said, so? And I said, I'm sorry. I, you look very familiar. I'm sorry. They said, Griffin? And I went, I pray for you to have a baby. She said, this is Timothy. And I'm telling, see, I, I'm fighting back tears right now because it don't benefit you if I just stand up here and cry. And you, oh, bless him. I said, can I hold him? She said, sure, his name is John. <laughs> I'm just sobbing. This is the most beautiful <laughs> in the world, you know. What I'm trying to get you to see is that John couldn't help them. But the gift that the Holy Spirit had for me to believe for that, that's why I said there are nine. We know there are nine. But if the Lord can make hundreds of thousands of variations in an ecosystem, I think the gifts can splinter off, but for educational purpose, he said nine. There's a miracle. That John, so any of y'all trying to have babies and can't have babies, I, I'll pray for you. I'll do, I just, why would you say that? Because I've seen his hand work that way. This is not a, a jockeying to be better than someone. We're not going out and getting business card made. So you need a family? Call John at 888. That's not, you know. Someone has to lay hands on the dying. He says, I ain't silver and gold. I don't have. But I've seen God raise them up off, off the bed. I've seen that in my life. I think that we're so afraid of the gifts that we don't operate in them. And you have one or more of these gifts. Verse 7b, mark it down in your Bible. The manifestation of spirits given to every man. Letter H. There are at least four results that happen in the life of the believer. That recognizes, there are at least, four, at least four results that happen in the life of the believer that recognize and operates these gifts. Number one, if you recognize and operate in the gifts of the Spirit, you know that these gifts make room for God's sovereignty. We plan our services on Sunday, but we don't plan everything. And we know when God's in a moment, you know, when Lauren sensed today that there was 
the Lord was moving in there. And I'd ask Charles to do transitions for me. He said, Pastor, there's a flow this morning. The Lord is doing something. I said, I know, I know. And for us, the gifts create pockets of space that we leave blank outside of my knowledge, outside of my prayer, outside of what I've been taught at seminary or Bible school or whatever. God can step in and do what he wants, when he wants, as he wants, like he wants, with little to no help, without permission. He's God. And the gifts make room for that. So if you don't know how to pray for someone, I've, ha- I've heard people so wise, and they go, can we just be quiet before the Lord and see if he has anything to say? Those people, watch, power will flow through their prayers. Because gifts, gifts make room for God. We expect. That's why, you know, I don't, if you don't believe there's nothing in your hands, don't put your hands on me. If I'm dying, well, Lord, if it be as well. I mean, my dad, you know, my dad died a very cruel, painful uh, death by cancer. But he was in a coma for a while. When he came to, he told my mama, he said, tell these people I can hear them. <laughs> she said, what's he coming in here? He looks horrible. Now let's wait and see laws. He said, tell these crazy folk I can hear them. And if they don't believe, tell them don't pray for me. Come in here, God, if it be your will. He said, tell them I want to stay. I'm, I got babies to raise. But there's a part of that that says, don't put your hands on me if you don't make. If all I'm going to get is your prayer. And you don't believe in the God of the moment, so God's going to hear the distant prayer, but he can't meet us here? How about both? Pray for me according to all the faith that you have, but leave room for some gifts to kick in here too. Gifts of healing that come through the hands and articulation of men and through just the presence of God. They make room for God's sovereignty. You've got to check with me. It's his house. He's loaned us keys. This is his house. And if he's made his home here, he's going to do God things. It ain't supposed to end at 11 o'clock sharp and 12 o'clock dull. Right on the, you know, bless his mom. Bless him slow. Amen. And the bell goes, we like that. You know why? Because we don't have to fear bumping into an almighty God. That can pull back the curtains on what we're doing wrong and what we're doing right. See, God will do that too. He said, oh, there's that man. His, his prayer, his, his prayers have come up like an alms before me. That one prays all the time. And God rewards him. Sometimes we need to hear what we know theologically in the moment through the gifts. All right. Letter H, number two. The gifts lift us to the realm, lift us out of the realm of our natural ability. Now, I I want to go ahead and tell you that I'm going to introduce this one when it comes time for a word of wisdom. But uh, that's the one, that's the primary one he's given. And that does not equate to smart. It can be. I remember coming out of our, and I'll just give the quick story here and tell it in its fullness when we study Word of Wisdom. I remember coming out of our 
transitional business meeting of merging a hundred-year-old Southern Baptist church with a three-year-old upstart, Christ Chapel. And it's the best thing that ever happened to our church, merging those two. Those people have been the best and truest people to this church. But I remember getting my card and crying like a little boy. I put my face on the steering wheel and I just began to cry like a little boy that doesn't have a dad to cry to, so he just cries to the, his father, you know. And my wife says, what are you crying about? And I said, I don't know how I knew how to do that. She said, what? I said, I, no one's ever trained me how to do that. The Lord gave me wisdom when it came time to vote. And again, I'm not bragging because it's not learned. It's not natural. When it came time to vote, I saw a picture uh, like a hard stock, hard co- what do you call it? Hard stock copies, voting card. And all it said on the card was, yes, I believe it's God's will to merge the churches. Or no, I do not believe it's God's will to merge the churches. I had them printed, and I stood before the church, and I said, this is not a church vote. You do not get to vote. All we're determining is what does the Lord want to do. No one can cast a vote. I don't have a vote. I ain't, I'm, not, I'm not voting. And if I started the church, you're not voting. And Second Baptist says, okay, I want to know with God watching you if you believe it's God's will for us to merge. And you're checking saying, this is what I believe God's will is. How did I know how to do that? I didn't. But he did. And when the vote come in unanimous and we joined those churches, when six months there was someone saved every week, it was like a confirmation. We still had our flaws in all of these things, but he... He knew and knows to compensate for my lack of education and other things. He said, I'm going to give him the word, the word of wisdom. I'm going to give him an understanding. It's not knowledge. It's an understanding of how to take what's before him and go da, 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 put that together. And I look real smart. And I'm really not. I'm not saying that to be self-deprecating. Because this church doesn't need a smart John. They need a spirit-filled John. You see? And I just steer around icebergs. 29 years, we've never had a church split. Do you think, do you really think that's because I am that great a pastor? No. It just showed me how to weave around. I said, watch that over here. Miss that. (laughs) I had a man come in my office one time. One of the few that didn't like me. You know, uh, pretty much told me, he said, you're going to split this church. After he told me off for about 10 or 15 minutes, you're going to split this church. I said, impossible. He said, see, there's the pride. There's the arrogance. I said, no, sir, I'm not splitting this church. Uh, yes, you, it's, it's, I can see. You can't see it because you're blind. You're going to split this church. I said, it's impossible for me to split this church. How can you say that? I said, because to split this church, there has to be two sides, and I'm on your side. And it just short-circuited him. (laughs) It's like I said, I'm on your side. Would you do me a favor before you leave? Would you pray for me that I'd be a better man? He prayed this guttural 
it was almost like there was demons wrestling in his voice. I'm being serious. It was, and just help him not to be like he is and so and so and so. You know he got to the car and called his wife. You can't even cuss him out. He won't, he won't let you. So how, how did you know to do this? So now, this ain't about me, but I can't tell your stories because I don't know them. You see what I'm saying? I need that. Oh, we're having eight business meetings a year and trying to decide what color the tablecloths are going to be and who gets to sit where and why didn't we play this at the funeral. And You see, these gifts are not only divine, but they lift you out of the realm of your natural abilities. It's not natural. It's supernatural. And I just want to be on record, Lord, that I'm grateful. I'm almost done. Where Number three, these gifts enable every believer with a capacity to contribute to the common good. 1 Corinthians 14, 26, all things are done for the edification of the body, that all may learn and all may be comforted. These gifts help you heal, teach, comfort, encourage. Just, it, you know, you can't get somebody off your mind. You call them and say, girl, I, I just, I've had you on my mind. I don't, are you okay? Almost three-fourths of the time when I call someone, they go, I can't believe you're calling right now. I just can't believe it. I just had you on my mind. Well, where's that come from? An unlearned prompting to pray for someone. And finally, this is my favorite of the night, right before we... Uh, Examine our hearts and uh, take communion and pray together. You see it in your outline number four on letter H. The believer that recognizes and operates these gifts confirms their relationship with Jesus Christ until the end of the age. Now watch, read 1 Corinthians 1, 4 through 8. Do you see it? I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given to you by Jesus Christ that in everything you are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that, do you see that in verse 7, you come behind in no gift waiting for the coming of the Lord, Jesus Christ, who shall confirm you unto the end that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. While the gifts of the Spirit died with the apostles, they weren't the gifts of the apostles. They were the gifts of the Spirit, and they did not cease. I'm a cessationist. doesn't matter. They did not cease. How can you say this? Because he told me not to come behind in my gifts until the return of Jesus Christ. All you need is that right there. Why would he say, make sure that you operate in these gifts, confirming your salvation, the work of the Holy Spirit, until the return of Jesus Christ. Has Jesus come back? Then the gifts are still in operation. The gifts are still in operation. And we need them. All right. We've got about 15 minutes. And I don't want us to hurry out. I want this to be really a part of what we do. I'm going to ask them. Uh, uh, Josh, if you just play the, the silent music for a while. And then we'll close with that last video, Charles. We've got communion here at the four corners. Now, this is very important. Don't just take. Examine yourself to see if you be found in the faith. What area needs to be confessed or uh, maybe you just, Lord, before I take, I just got to be grateful. I got to tell you how grateful I am. I want this to be a personal thing. So with each Sunday night we come together, we're going to study, we're going to take communion, and we're going to ask. Because everyone that asks is receiving.
And if you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will he give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? So those in the second part of the church behind you, there's communion back there, and there's some here. And would you do this with me, just as a practice? Let's just kind of separate from people, maybe along the wall and uh, in the church, and just have a, just a few minutes of quiet reflection, and then you remember his body that was broken for you and his blood that he shed for you. Would you do that now? And then at the end of service, our elders will be at both of these podiums to pray with you if you'd like to be anointed with oil.